Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Therese Crow, novelist and speaker. Last week, we talked about how I had entered a writing contest and how I had gotten my results back, my scores back from the judges, including some feedback. And so that conversation ended up going long. Um, there's it's just, yeah, it ended up going long. And so I've decided to turn it into two episodes of the podcast. So today you get part two of Amanda Enters a Writing Contest. Enjoy. This last judge, this was the score that was 64.2 points, the lowest of all of the scores. And they gave me, they said the um, seven points for would they want to keep reading? And they said, absolutely, the writing was good and and it was an intriguing premise. Um, Did you get a, (laughs) crease your face is so nice. Crease is giving a face of confusion as I read all of these scores. Um, <laughs> do you get Apparently a sense? numbers mean different things to different people? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, 6.3 points for do it. Was there a sense of the character's journey? Um, 6.5 points if the character was likable. And then the person said, I liked Helen. She appeared to have an interesting life story, which I'm guessing is what much of the story will be about. Um, 7.6 points. Did the author hook you in the opening page, enticing you to keep reading? So that was 7.6 points. And then the comment was, yes, the first line is a doozy. Very good. So (laughs) she's throwing her hands up. Like, what do you want from me? (laughs) Then why did you score me with an F? Why did Uh, I get an F? Like... Uh, yeah, did the author demonstrate correct grammar, spelling, and punctuation? 6.8. And then the comment was, this is all good. <laughs> but it was 6.8 points. <laughs> okay, like, if you're, especially if you had, like, a bunch of, because some people, this can be a personal taste thing. Like, as far as the grammatical scores that you got, I have to assume, A, it's very clean. And B, like, some people do not like it when internal monologue or dialogue does not fit proper grammatical structure Mm -hmm. it still works in fiction perfectly fine to do that um perfectly fine to have sentences that are not actual sentences that are more like just quick quirk statements or even Mm -hmm. single word yeah little fragments yeah that that's fine to do that's not grammatically like is it is it grammatically wrong in fiction no Would it be grammatically wrong in an article in the New York Times? Yes, but that's hopefully not fiction. Like, that's the point. Yeah. So. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Uh, And I take quite a bit of liberty with my writing. It's, you know, it's not. Mm -hmm. There are fragments. There are. Right. You know. Well, remember that Remember that one piece we read last spring when we were doing our one-page series, uh-huh. and it was from the perspective of the person who was a nurse who had somebody in their ER that was suicidal, and they were saying, I wish they would just finish it. Yeah. There were a ton of fragment sentences. Yeah. It was still beautiful writing. Yeah. It still works perfectly fine. 
it's just, you have to know when you can and cannot do that. Yes. And using and I punct- know that yeah. you know how to do that. Yeah. I know how to use punctuation as like the roadmap, right. like the, 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 to guide the, yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, so it gets, there's even more that I think is interesting about this particular judge. So yes. they gave me a 7.2 for did the writing engage you as a reader, 7.2. And they said, yes, it did. Even though it was all narration, I was sufficiently engaged in what Helen was doing. Um, has the author delivered the emotion of the scene? They gave me a 5.6 and they said this probably could have been stronger. It was challenge. It's challenging when you're only do using narration. Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, has the author dropped the reader into the action rather than telling the action? 7.2. Very much so, they said. Um, was the dialogue purposeful? And then so di- both of the dialogue categories each got five points. And the person said, I didn't know how to score this, but the story is still very engaging and interesting. So I feel like if I had like a tiny, the tiniest, and this is where it gets, it's frustrating because this, this contest is clearly set up for the type of book that's your typical um plot moves quickly you know it it fits it you know it it ticks those boxes there's dialogue the characters are meeting within the first right you know you know so so i get it that makes my entry kind of hard and and the judges probably didn't know what to do because it was probably very different than what they were reading mm-hmm. um but this judge so this judge um again this was my lowest score that i just read through and what they did with the manuscript, um, they went through and like edited the the um, punctuation and stuff. So like they would take my fragment and then add like an M dash and attach it to the sentence before. And they would, they were just like re punctuating mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. that I think they felt better with that appealed to them more. Um, so yes, it was this very interesting. Um, so here's like, when I got this, I feel like if I hadn't been as far along in the journey as I am, I probably would have been crushed because of the numbers. And all right. I would have seen was everything that was wrong with it. Right. But instead, I've focused on what they actually said about it because the numbers, I mean, it is totally like relative to each judge and what they feel is appropriate for whatever, for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. whatever personal things they've used to determine if it gets a nine, seven or five, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but the comments were encouraging. There were some that I disagreed with or some that I'm like, okay, maybe that could be stronger. Um, but overall they felt encouraging. And I think that was just, I think, helpful for me to look at contests through that lens instead of getting hung up on the things that were, you know, <laughs> right. Unexpected. Mm-hmm. So did this contest at any point, did they send you or to your knowledge, did they send the judges kind of a guide of, Hey, a score of one to three means we don't believe that the writer has any command or understanding of the subject. And then a score of four to six is average to moderate command. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, did they 
at any point did yeah. you see any kind of guideline where they tried to kind of no. let's even though all the judges are going to be different they're all going to have different preferences like everybody does in reading things this is what we're looking for this is mm-hmm. a good guide a good ruler to measure it by so that we're all kind of working with our own definitions of what is a nine yeah you know because what what does that mean to you because a nine to one person is very different like a nine might be this is this is like one of the best things i've ever read ever that's an insanely yeah. high standard yeah that would be like you know a 10 right um having judged a different contest for them many times mm-hmm. i know that they constantly are like especially it's like when i the round that i do is like one of the final rounds all right that i help them that i judge with and they are like flat out like the irony i <laughs> It's the irony for me, Amanda. Ah, they are flat out like to us judges. They're like, do not give these less than 60 points. Do not. These are the top of the top. Mm-hmm. Do not. So I know it's something that the con- that the coordinators struggle with. Like, how do we get mm-hmm. people? And maybe they do need to just have a system that's like, this means this, this means this. to do. Yeah. You know? to just set the groundwork and then i would imagine as a judge that would alleviate some pressure from you as well yeah where it's like you know well i know this person is supposedly like a first-time writer but i kind of want to score most of the things with a seven or an eight or a couple of them with a nine but is that too high i know being too kind am i being too nice right does this person is this person going to value you you know, my feedback, if my feedback is overwhelmingly, this is great. And I loved it. And I want to read more. Is that helpful? Do I have to find some, I, I have to mm-hmm. find something right to like nitpick at and like give them something to work on, but maybe you, you don't, you know, right. I mean, it seems to me this kind of contest would have a lot more value if the contest makers had that kind of rule book or like just general parameters spelled out directly because it, it puts all the judges on the same page and then make that accessible to the, the writers as well. Yeah. Let them know, hey, if you enter this contest, this is what scores between this range. This is how we have instructed our, our judges to score things. So this is how you should interpret a score of this numerical value. Right. You know? Right. Let everybody have the same information. And then if they and then when the judges want to give nice comments about things or constructive criticism, whatever, that's that's on their own discretion. Yeah. I I agree. And I I know in the past I've been guilty of of giving really low scores. Mm. Um I could see that for you. <laughs> I love. I think <laughs> you th- it, it's so funny when <laughs> Sorry. We're harsh uh, people, Amanda. We know who we are. I know. Uh, I've gotten nicer over the years <laughs> judging the contest. Um, Haven't we all? Yeah. I think I get like, I think... Honestly, I think I'm a nicer writer now than I was when I started out because yeah. I'm not insecure. Yeah. No. And it, it's not, not, it's not threatening anymore. and it's not like. Right. It's a journey and I've seen people go from brand new at this 
writing something that really isn't that good at all to mm -hmm. getting publishing deals. Mm -hmm. I've seen that with multiple people. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that's why something like this, some of these contests, if they're for unpublished writers, they should be encouraging. They should point out the strengths and they should find ways to help with those weaknesses or to better identify mm -hmm. those weaknesses. And I know like a lot of it's a lack of manpower. I know that they don't have the best industry experts available to grade these papers, you know, so then mm -hmm. maybe some training or some foolproof scoring guide mm -hmm. would be helpful to know that well, if, yeah. If if they spot only a handful of punctuation errors, then maybe you get nine points, you know? Yes. That's the other thing I was going to say was in addition to having some sort of like standard, you know, yardstick, measure, some sort of measuring stick for the judges, but making sure that the contest itself has an overall umbrella parameter of this is for fiction writers who are unpublished in fiction and the purpose of judging this is to keep in mind that they are trying to attract an agent with their writing mm -hmm. or they are trying to attract their first book deal yeah. so that we can have so that we can have a dialogue that takes into account that agents know that this is done in a word document not in stone as we have said many times or so that the judges understand that you know okay, well, this is this is going to be picked up by an agent and it's going to be tweaked further before it ever goes to a publisher. Just something that gives it a better, like, what is the goal of all of these writers? And when you give feedback, what kind of feedback can you give that gets them closer to this pre-agreed pre goal that everybody has, mm -hmm. you know? Not, not who's going to be, like, because one judge is looking at it going, who's the next great American writer and the next judge is going, okay, well, who can get a three book deal from like one of the imprints at a major house based off of this? Yeah. Those are very different things. And if you're expecting that 10 out of 10 is you are the next American great writer, but the person next to you is saying, no, 10 out of 10 is yes. With a professional edit, this deserves to be published. Wildly different. Those are worlds apart. You know? Yep. I agree. Yeah. So even after being in this industry for well yeah. over a decade, for representing many books, fiction, nonfiction, everything in between, for judging contests, for being an, an upper echelon judge at a similar contest at the same organization. Yeah. And your your median score was like a 68. Yeah. Uh-huh. The scores were not great. Mm -mm. Some comments were very nice and helpful. Um, and overall, I am glad I did it. I think it was fun to do. I think it was fun to see what people thought. Mm -hmm. I am glad that I am not new in my journey at writing <laughs> with this. <laughs> like, I'm glad that I didn't go through it years ago right so so one of the things that i have been saying for years and years to other writers and just people in the industry that i think applies to this situation as well is eat the lollipop don't swallow the stick 
the comments you got based on this contest were overwhelmingly positive. You really didn't get anything that was demoralizing. Mm. The numbers were demoralizing, mm -hmm. but nothing that they actually said about it. So yeah, that, that definitely does mean, hey, we, we got to have a, a talk about what's the scale here and let's be honest with the writers about what that scale is. But with Eat the Lollipop, Don't Swallow the Stick, you know, take the feedback you've been given that is yeah. good, that is helpful. Don't eat the lollipop stick. You're not supposed to eat the stick. Don't do that. You can be bitter about the stick, but don't swallow it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gate Crashers podcast. If you like what you hear, leave us a review and be sure to be back here next week for a brand new episode. The bathwater in which Helen Herman would die poured out cold to the touch. Freezing, actually. And though for a moment she considered leaving it, she turned the dial to hot. There was no sense in dying cold when one could die warm. A flowery bathrobe fell to the laminate floor, revealing wrinkled skin that sat in places it wasn't intended to sit, and a body that twisted and bent under the weight of years behind it. She reached for the bath salts and tapped a good amount into the palm of her hand, and that's when she noticed the burn mark from four days prior. The imprint on her palm bore the strokes and markings of a word, a phrase. It was impossible to tell. Her skin's elasticity was too far gone to hold even the most recent of scars in place. Helen touched the wound. She remembered a young woman, a dying young woman, whisper through trembling lips. What had she said? Helen closed her fingers around the salts and sprinkled them into the water. She couldn't remember. She couldn't remember much of anything these days. A lilac scent wafted from the now steaming bath and the water fizzed and clouded. After a moment's consideration, she added an herbal remedy that Dr. Shock claimed would ease her arthritis. There was no sense in dying pained when one could die relaxed. Her hands hovered over the pearl clip earrings that clung to her stretched out earlobes. In the weeks leading up to the event, she had debated whether the need to die pretty outweighed the need to die free and found there was no satisfactory answer. She had no family to mourn her death no close friends who would be called upon to confirm her identification. The way she looked didn't matter, and so she pulled the pearls from her ears and placed them in the silk dish. The golden cross that had hung at her neck for 30, no, 40 years, also came off. The wedding ring, however, remained untouched. She couldn't get it past her middle knuckle. She'd tried many times before. One last look in the mirror at her partially set hair and withered features, and Helen was ready. 85 years was a good life, a good long life. She had no need to delay.